1: This is Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo with big data and real-time and predictive analytics from the consumer to the enterprise. Learn how to help your organization move in exciting new directions. Here's your host, Bonnie D. Graham.
2: Welcome to SAP Startup Focus with Game Changers Radio. Hey, if you want to run with the Game Changers, guess what? You're in the right place. Today's buzz, startups dreaming big. Question for all my listeners. Do you remember the New York lottery slogan, All you need is a dollar and a dream, and we all thought, wow, one lottery ticket, I'm in the running. Yeah, right, truth time. Okay, well, today's tech startup entrepreneurs know all too well that it takes a lot more than a dollar, but you know what? They're still daring to dream big about creating their own very special, very personalized, unique path straight to the stars. That's what they're dreaming about. In fact, some startups refuse to play it safe. They ignore all the advice about start small, start a little test. The Waters, no way. They single-mindedly, sometimes single-handedly, and always very stubbornly choose to play in the big kids enterprise marketplace. I like to call it the sandbox right out of the gate. Is that a smart move? Maybe for some, but only the ones who are prepared in advance to handle the potentially dream-dampening challenges. On today's program, I have three in-the-trenches experts who are going to speak volumes on this issue. First, I'm going to introduce you in about a minute and a half to Chris Carter from Aproyo. He has a great quote. Really, this is the the essence of what the show is about today. Chris says, Life is too short. We need to seize our dreams. Our goals and our desires. If not, someone else will. Words to the wise from Chris Carter. You'll meet him in a moment. Also joining us today is Padman Raman Kuti from Intrigo. And he says, ah, interesting. Selling to the consumer is about selling positive emotions. Remember that positive emotions. But selling to the enterprise is about suppressing negative emotions. You might have lost the sale. You just don't know it because you have happy ears. I have this picture of ears with a smiley on them. We'll find out from Padman in just a minute what he meant. And rounding out our panel today is Louisa Silver from SAP calling all the way from Dublin, Ireland. And she says, hmm, to be successful selling innovation in the enterprise market segment, you need to speak quote unquote the language. She adds a fair amount of young innovative companies often focus on the magnificent of their offerings and soon encounter severe difficulties to succeed in this place to succeed. We'll find out from Louisa what she means about this magnificent of their offerings. I think we have an idea. So join us for the next hour. Our topic today is Daring to Dream Big, Selling to the Enterprise. I hope you'll join us on Twitter. We're at hashtag SAP Radio, and we're seeing a lot of traffic here at the hashtag startups as well. I'll tell you later who's been tweeting with me for an hour before the show. I am Bonnie DeGram and again, welcome to Startup Focus with Game Changers presented by SAP, episode number two. In our brand new series and this is really exciting so let me introduce you to my esteemed panelists meet them hear their voices and then we'll go back and find out what their quotes mean so Chris Carter CEO of aproyo assist company seeking knowledge, and strategic focus to support their growth in the, here it comes, enterprise space using, and he's using SAP HANA and Big Data. Chris has been in the SAP industry for more than two decades. He is nationally recognized by ASUG. He speaks around the world talking on SAP topics and the benefits of solutions in the SAP and Big Data ecosystems. In 2005, Chris and his team at Aproyo created the first SAP cloud ever used by an SAP client. Sounds monumental. Chris Carter, welcome. Welcome to Startup Focus. How are you today, Chris?
3: I'm well, Bonnie. Nice to talk to you.
2: Nice to talk to you. Where are you calling from? Remind me.
3: I am in Wisconsin today.
2: Okay. I want to ask how the cheese production is there, but how's the weather? Let's go for weather, Chris.
3: Uh, Padma and I are on the same page. It's very wet.
2: Very wet. Well. well, I'm having good weather here on Long Island. It must be a different weather system, and thank goodness for that. Thank you, Chris, for joining us. I'm going to introduce Padman now. And we'll get back to you in just a moment. Padman Ramankudi is CEO at Intrigo, a well-known supply chain and enterprise strategist with deep expertise in new technologies deployment. Padman has over 20 years of experience, so he's been in the biz about as long as Chris has, in the ERP and SCM space. He serves on the boards of venture-backed companies, and he's an advisor to clients in the SAP space. Before Intrigo, Padman was co-founder and CEO of Bristlecone. I like that name. Makes me think of brushes. An IT services company he spearheaded for over eight years. He is utilized extensively by SAP Development and SAP Ventures to provide due diligence on business, software, and systems. Padman, welcome. How are you today? Nice, Bonnie. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you for joining us. Looking forward to your point of view, and I'm dying to know about the happy years, but we'll have to wait till Chris explains his quote first about dreaming, and then we'll get to our happy years. I'm I'm wondering if I have happy years. Hearing the three of you is making me happy, actually. So thank you, Padman. We're going to introduce Louisa Silva now. She's a director at SAP Startups Market Enablement for EMEA and MEE, enabling big data and predictive analytics startups to create go-to-market sales strategies, generate pipeline and revenue with their solutions, Solutions and all running on, guess what? SAP HANA. Louisa has big resume, thirteen years of professional sales in software services enablement maintenance, working in the BI business, intelligence, and data warehouse industry. She's got over fifteen years of combined management and consulting services and software experience in BI. She's got eight years of revenue creation. She's got nine years of successful market expansion and a year of developing, driving, and managing global systems. You're a busy lady, Louisa. How are you today? Yeah.
4: Good evening or good good morning, Bonnie. I'm fine. It's wonderful to be here.
2: Thank you. I know you're not feeling well, but we're going to get the best we can out of that throat before you put it to bed for the evening. Mm -hmm. Louisa, what are you doing in Dublin, Ireland today? Tell me.
4: (laughs) Well, I'm having a lot of fun, to be honest. Today, for a change, is a starry night, as it is the evening for me, and it
2: has been a very busy, busy day, so just lots of fun. Good. Glad you're having fun, and we're having fun here, too. So guess what? We're going to go back to the monologue. We're going to go quote by quote by quote, and let's find out what my guests mean. So Chris Carter, Aproyo, life is too short. Couldn't agree with you more. We need to seize our dreams, our goals, our desires, if not someone else will. Who's waiting in the wings with your great idea, Chris? What's your advice to startups listening today?
3: My advice is to them is never let somebody take away that dream. Always keep trying to find it. Always keep trying to achieve that dream. And uh, you, if you don't get to it before you pass on, hopefully you'll find it in the next light. But, uh, you know, oh, I sure. found my dreams and I keep doing it every day, so I tell them to do the same.
2: You sound lucky. Chris, tell us just yeah. for a moment about your dream with a Proyo. When was it a gleam, a dream? When did it become a reality? How long did it take you from the time you seized that dream or you even thought about it to the reality step of opening the doors, putting the banner out, starting a website, whatever you did? What was that time frame?
3: Literally, it was months. I learned about what SAP HANA was, what was going on. I took the initiative to fly to Germany, then to fly to Palo Alto. And I spoke with uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Hasselbladter himself and started to find out more about it. And literally, his passion for it led to me saying, this is going to do it. And I put my shingle out and said, this is going to be the direction and this is my dream. Let's make it happen.
2: And you said you did it in a matter of months. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Chris, we don't hear that too often. At least I haven't heard that too often. I'm learning a lot hosting this new series for SAP Startup Focus. Very interesting. It it sounds to me like you're an inspiration. But you were, as I said in my intro, Chris, you were—you had a single-minded focus. Did people say you were stubborn? Did you actually talk to your family during those few months? Did you have any bandwidth for doing things like going out to watch a baseball game or watching TV or even sleeping at night? sounds to me like you were really in that bubble saying, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Tell me just a little bit, what was going on in your life at that time? Were you 100% a Proyo? Uh,
3: I was. I was actually retired because I had sold one of my other SAP startups that was about eight years old, and I had to retire based upon my contracts. And so I was single minded towards SAP yet, but then HANA came into focus, and I. I did my due diligence over that course of the time and literally within months of seeing it, touching it, being able to utilize it with the SAP executives around the world. um, I knew it was a direction that was going to revolutionize the way that folks had used my solutions in the past and SAP and felt that it was really worth the effort and my lack of sleep, which is about four (laughs) hours a day, and take it forward.
2: I feel like a slaggard. I sleep about five and a half a day. I'm going to have to go to a four-hour day. Maybe i get more done. Thank you, Chris, for sharing your story. We have a lot more to hear from you during the show. Let's move to Padman Raman Kuti from Intrigo. I love the quote here. Selling to the consumer is about selling positive emotions. Selling to the enterprise is suppressing negative emotions. You may have lost the sale. You just don't know it because you have. Here it comes, kids. Happy ears, Padman. Please talk to me. Positive emotions, negative emotions. How did you come to this? Is this the Intrigo experience?
5: Uh, No, it's uh, the experience over the last 20 years. um, My background with SAP in sales, pre-sales, I actually wound up seeing salespeople, I was supporting salespeople, seeing them walk out of sale and say they got the deal only to find out something happened. And uh, the consumer side of it comes from my experience at the Silicon Valley, where every known uh, person is a, in a startup in a stealth mode targeting an app or something that you cannot live out, live without it. So they are always positive. Um, so over the years, I have always veered towards the enterprise uh, buyer. And the enterprise buyer is one thing. They want to protect the client, their customer, their company, and they also want to be risk averse. So um, happy years is uh, our internal motto to say to the salespeople or to the consultant or to the product manager. Don't think everything you hear is happy. They are acknowledging what you're offering. They have not figured out. So that's that's the reason why that quote resonates in Intrigo and resonates in Optessa, our Hana startup uh, focused company.
2: We, Very interesting. Go ahead. We
5: we really adhere to it. So the enterprise buyer uh, is not looking for uh, an app to say, can I get from place A to place B or where can I find the nearest coffee shop? The enterprise buyer is saying, how can I improve efficiencies within the company? And that's really uh, the reason why we say negative emotions or risk, uh, take out the risk or reduce the risk for the enterprise buyer.
2: Good reality check. Quick question for you before I turn to Louisa. We're going to extend this segment so we can get Louisa in here. Padman, about Chris's point about dreaming big, single-minded, being focused, do you give that same mantra to the salespeople from Intrigo and Optessa who are selling to the enterprise space? Do you say to them, go in with this, I'm going to get that sale, I'm going to get it done? Do you tell them to dream
1: big?
5: If you don't dream big, you'll never reach there. I mean, If that is the single biggest thing that we do, just because you're a small startup doesn't mean you have to sell to smaller startups or smaller companies. You have to think about the consumer or the enterprise that you want to sell. If it's the largest customer in the world that you want to sell to, you figure out a way and dream big about why your product makes sense for them, and you have to go with a single-minded focus. Um in both the cases with Optusa and Intrigo, that's exactly how we have gone about it, and that's exactly how we tend to go about it. So for tiny companies and tiny startups, we have big client lists.
2: Well, very ambitious, very impressive, and very inspiring. Thank you, Padman. Let's get Louisa Silva in here. Louisa, sounds to me like you've got the same mindset as Padman. Let me read your quote again, and then let's talk about it. To be successful selling innovation in the enterprise market segment, one needs to speak the language. A fair amount of young innovative companies often focus on, I love this, the magnificence of their offerings. And soon they encounter severe difficulty succeeding in this space. Talk to me, Louisa. What are we talking about here?
4: Oh, thank you, Bonnie. So, in fact, that's um, Padman is is absolutely right. The the main thing is not only what we have to offer to the enterprise space, but what the enterprise space needs from us. And um, many times the startup's feel uh, that they are adding value and that their offerings are um, awesome and uh, add value, but they um, need to do an extra step, uh, run an extra mile to be able to communicate how their offering can transform or drive change and add value to a specific uh, company. And that's the language. Not just features and functions or focusing on an offering, but how can that offering can add value or optimize
2: or enhance or drive change in, into a specific business. That's the main focus. Great. Thank you very much, Louisa. We're going to let you save your voice for the next segment. Guess what? We are at our first break. You're listening to episode number two of our newest series, Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. I'm still Bonnie D. and I'm very, very happy and privileged to be speaking today with Chris Carter from Approyo, Padman Ramankuti from Intrigo and Optesa, and Louisa Silva calling all the way from Dublin, Ireland, representing SAP. Our topic today, Dare. To dream big, selling to the enterprise. Don't even think of touching that dial, that mouse, that app. We'll be right back. Give us about a minute. We're gonna catch our breath. Luisa's gonna take a sip of water, and so is Bonnie. Joel, on your lead. Take us out, we'll be right back.
1: In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like Big Data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line, if you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big Data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line, you need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers.
2: We are in a reminder that episode number one from last week was our introduction to the new series. It was called Why This Startup Now, and episode number two today is Dare to Dream Big, Selling to the Enterprise. Some entrepreneurs, some teams, some startups just say, hey, this isn't for the little kids. This is for the big kids. We're going to go big. And that's what we're talking about, advice, inspiration, cautions, all kinds of of uh, (laughs) roadblocks along the way, what to look for and how to circumvent them. So I'm going to start off, we're going to do our little intro intro here to the second segment Call. what's in your cup today let's ask chris carter from aproya what are you drinking chris or what do you wish you were drinking right now
3: what i wish i was drinking was a Macallan 50 year old scotch but i am drinking <laughs> a venti pike with three fingers of soy two splendas
2: three fingers of soy tell me what that means that's new to I me have, what do they do I have,
3: I am so ADD, Bonnie, that I got addicted to three fingers of soy, two Splendas, and it doesn't matter whose fingers they are. They don't have to tell me how big their fingers are or how thin they are. Just three fingers of soy from the bottom up, two Splendas inside, and then pour the rest with Pike dark pike coffee.
2: And I bet there's a... I don't want to say the word. There's a ton of caffeine in that, right, Chris?
3: Uh, I do drink a minimum of about five to six of those a day.
2: I believe it. You know, a little secret. It's not actually a secret, but to, between you and me, I'll share a secret. I know nobody else is listening. Uh, they don't let me have caffeine on radio show days. That means no caffeine on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. So tomorrow I'll have some coffee. Thank you, Chris. Padman Rahman, Kuti, all the way in Pittsburgh, rainy Pittsburgh. Intrigo, Optessa, what are you drinking right now, Padman? Or what do you wish you were drinking?
5: I wish I was in New Orleans, sitting in Café du Monde, drinking Café au lait, and having a banana. But unfortunately, uh, I have to settle for a latte from Starbucks.
2: Well, that doesn't sound too bad. But what do you do with the latte? you have any, any good stuff in it, or is it just no, a latte? I'm a non
5: fat, no sugar type of guy with an extra shot of espresso. <laughs> so okay,
2: well, there. We I'm are glad are all to have you we... here. Little extra boost. It sounds like it. We have to talk about that on our startup series, that being wired. And Louisa Silva, all the way in the starry evening of Dublin, Ireland. What are you drinking right now or wish you were, Louisa?
4: <laughs> well, I wish I was drinking a wonderful mojito, but as I have a sore throat, I'm having a wonderful white tea with plenty of vanilla and coconut.
2: Ooh, that sounds good. And guess what? I have Ooh. a tweet. Ooh, I have a tweet here from my co-producer Malcolm Kimberlin at SAP, and here's what he says: Malcolm Kimberlin says, "If I had a cup of coffee now, I'd be awake until next week. He's in Palo Alto, <laughs> and it's only 1:20 in the. Malcolm, you're going to have to be awake until next week. There's a lot going on. But here's what he's having: I'm liking my charcoal-filtered water, but I love Chris Carter's dream of McAllen's single Highland Highland malt scotch. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, Chris, look what you started. We have Malcolm thinking about scotch now. He still has to work, you know. Okay, so now that we've dispensed with the fun part, let's do a deep dive into our roundtable. I'm going to start with uh, Chris, then we'll go to Padman then Louisa. Once we get started with comments, I'd love it if you would all jump in and speak with each other. Don't wait for me to call you. So let's do a little more of the Aproyo story. The business plan, Chris Carter, you said you knew the enterprise was being underserved and under developed by current players in the area Approyo wanted to serve. You say, we felt these firms were looking for a dollar rather than solutions that would apply the enterprise or the customer to flourish. How did you make that value judgment, Chris? What kind of diligence did you do where you said, not only is there a need for the solution, the service we're giving, but we want to go in with a value-add attitude? It sounds to me like it was attitude as much as actual content. So is that correct? And talk to me, Chris.
3: It really is, Bonnie. It it was the attitude. We, we've been in this ecosystem for so long with SAP ecosystem over 20 years of experience. And I kept looking and seeing the same items being pitched by the same companies. And those folks across the desk that would listen to them, their eyes would roll back in their head, no matter how much coffee they had, they would Mm -hmm. just, you, you wouldn't, their soul was getting depleted. And, So I told our staff as we were going, I want you to get to these folks' soul. I want you to show them what our dream is. Show them that the benefit and how you're going to clean their soul and make bring it to the surface. And lo and behold, it it really, our passion and our soul, uh, our light showing through and companies started to, understand what we did how we did it why we did it and it was really it was really game-changing for us and that's the reason we backed such a game-changing application that worked so well
2: chris i know you didn't do this in a vacuum you didn't do it alone how did you recruit the right people to have this this game-changing attitude rather than we're just going to go in and sell 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 we're going to find a way to really help these companies see that we care i hear caring in what you're saying chris how did you find those people to join your team
3: Yes, uh you know a lot of conversations um, i've known a lot of great people, a lot of great people in the twenty years i've been doing s a p and um, those folks I knew were out there and i I'll, I'll be honest, I took them away from other companies where they were being wasted away uh, and I wanted them as part of our organization I wanted them to see this small entity grow into uh, what it can be and what it's going to be in the future. And they bought into my vision. Uh, they bought into the direction that we wanted to take it. And it it really was, they saw the passion, they saw the direction, and they saw what um, we had. Plus, you would equate that SAP also had a vision and a direction with HANA. And they were buying into that with us. And so those two components came together. And the dinosaurs were alleviated from the face of the earth because of that meteorite crashing down. And it it really has been wonderful to see those people and the companies take that vision and be able to understand what it was and how it was and go from there.
2: Inspiring. Thank you, Chris. Let's turn to Padman Ramankuti from Intrigo and Optesa. Padman, let's talk a little bit about the relationships. We've talked about building teams with Chris. Let's talk about the relationships. What happens when you go into the enterprise? You're really talking to people, and you have a comment you sent me before the show. People buy software. Enterprises have many buyers, because we're talking about selling into the enterprise right from the get-go of a startup, from your, your naissance or your birth. Identifying and aligning to the buyers is the first step to get entry to the selling side. So if we take what Chris said and take a step further, how do you know who are the people who will talk to you? Because let's face it, if you're a startup, you're a startup. You may have individual track records, but the startup itself by definition is a new or fairly new company. So how do you create those relationships and identify the right people to whom your salespeople should be talking? Padman?
5: Yeah, I think here's a, uh, it's it's like when you're entering a new party and you do not know anybody, you start by having a conversation. You start by having a conversation about content. It may start out as a small talk and it will go into a philosophical situation, right? So, in an enterprise buying cycle, what I would suggest uh, to anybody, and this is what we philosophically look at in uh, Intrigo and OpTessa, have a listening ear to the customer's uh, challenges and customer's conversation, and then before you jump to a solution set, you may have a vision for a particular solution. You know how to solve that problem. But until you hear out what they are doing and what they are challenged with, you will never get to know the full story. And in that process of listening to the story, you will find Other players in that story. Normally in an enterprise, it is not one buyer or one Mm -hmm. main person. Oh, just get me an introduction to the CMO. He knows what I do. He will understand it and he'll buy it. It's never that easy. So understanding the story from many perspectives, understanding the conversation from many perspectives, that is the crux of what we do. You may solve supply chains, but supply chains affect sales people operational people financial people so we as a entity and we as an organization have to be able to have that conversation at multiple levels at multiple layers and so it's like a sleuthing it's like searching mm-hmm. it's like putting a puzzle together even that sales process
4: right so
2: and, and that's let me ask you the same question I I asked Chris Padman, I'm sorry to interrupt. The question is, how did you find the right people to embrace your vision, to embrace your mantra for how do you sell into the enterprise? You're not just going to take a bunch of seasoned salespeople and stand there with their order book and say, go find the right person and come back with a million dollars in sales this week. It's not like the police giving tickets at the end of the month don't come back till you filled your ticket book. How do you get the right people who will buy in? Because after all, if you're a startup, even a serial startup, People want to know they're going to get paid at the end of the month. They want to know there's an, a good opportunity for success at all levels of your organization. So how do you find those people?
5: You have, And Bonnie, you have to find people through their attitude and their aptitude to learn. Uh, content, unlike consumer uh, levels in the enterprise, content and the amount of conversation a person can hold and can engage in with the client is very important. So a person who has been selling a car or a toy mm-hmm. or, a, or a computer is not necessarily great enough because they have been moving things. Here, you're talking about somebody who has a set of content was the vision to say, yes, I know supply chain and supply chain needs these type of content and I can hold forth a conversation. And, oh, by the way, as part of this program and as part of this vision, I'd like to be the customer-facing person for you. And that comes from, in our business, in supply chain, both at Intrigo and at Optisa, we are always looking for supply chain practitioners who Mm -hmm. want to then move to a customer-facing role and who know... That they have to bring people together. So it's not a straightforward sales of a person who has carried a quota and said, I've sold $50,000 worth of thing every quarter or $505 million a quota every year and I can sell a uh, supply chain. Really, it is the person with the content and the aptitude to, to listen and learn and to persuade the buyer to move in the right direction.
2: Padman, that's exactly what I wanted to hear you say. That's where I knew you were going. that That's the good advice that we're giving to our listeners today, and those who will be listening on demand. Guess what? We're almost at break. Louisa, I have to have you in this segment, but you introduced in your talking points you sent me before the show, Louisa, you brought up a very interesting word. The word is patience. You say patience is one of the most important ingredients to be successful in the world of enterprise selling. So piggybacking on what Chris said, we talked about getting the right team, and we've talked about speaking the language, being able to add value, understand their business, not go in as a quota salesperson. What do you think? Where does patience come into that selling cycle or even the entrepreneurial startup cycle, the, the DNA of the team? Luisa Silva?
4: Yes, here I am, Bonnie. Um, and it's It's inspirational first. Let me just uh, comment on uh, Chris and Padman. It's inspirational to listen to them uh, because uh, they have stepped the extra mile to um, to the other side. It's uh, in fact, the magic recipe is um, an, a balance between uh, the value added, but also the patience to listen, the patience to to get to know your customer, to get to know the challenges that they're that they are facing, and so that you can best understand how you can bring value and how you can uh, help them uh, enhance their their business. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So patience is um, a balance that. Not every um, salesperson or uh, customer-facing person has, and it's really a challenge to, to find them um, because uh, salespeople do suffer with quotas, do suffer with KPIs, do suffer with mm-hmm. deadlines. But um, two passionate uh, customer-facing people will put ahead of all that the ability and the opportunity of being able to drive the right change to the customer and not just pushing software or a solution or a project that doesn't really make complete sense for that customer. So the patient becomes uh, a mix of being able to listen when Mm -hmm. you're engaging with a customer, but also uh, a different component uh, or a different perspective of also knowing uh, to wait for the right moment to close the deal because maybe that solution it will make complete sense in three months, but not in, in the current quarter, right? So patience is important in every perspective within this this um, the enterprise space and for both for startups and
2: more mature uh, companies in the market for everyone. Um, but it's it's really key. Thank you very much, Louise. It's a good way to round out this segment. We're halfway through. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Speaking today to Chris Carter-Aproyo, Padman ramankuti Tessa and Intrigo. I'm not even looking at my notes. I just memorized this. Kids, what can I tell you? And Luisa Silva calling from Dublin. Really, Dublin, Ireland. I'm enjoying this conversation so much. I'm learning. When we come back, Louisa Silva from SAP, of course. When we come back, I want to talk about objections, challenges when your salespeople go into the enterprise as startup salespeople and they're not met with welcoming arms. They got the appointment but it's not going so well and I'm going to start out when we come back with Padman Rahman You had a very interesting comment you sent me before the show, Padman. You said mapping the process, the supporters, and nurturing the relationships is a must because you might need help in unclogging the deal, especially when you least expect it. So we're going to talk about dreaming big enterprises that want to start big instead of small but what happens when that dream is getting a little bit like a nightmare on the other side you're going to hear the reality check from chris carter padman ramankuti and louisa silva when we come back and i'll tell you the truth too don't even think of touching that mouse that app that dial this is startup focus with game changers we'll be right back joel out
1: From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line, you need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like big data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line, if you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to Bonnie.D.Graham at SAP.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers
2: we are focusing on startups, and we're focusing on several startups, but mostly we're talking about the attitude of when a startup wants to dream big, start big, be successful big right away, and they dare to want to play in the sandbox with the big kids. That's the enterprise marketplace, the enterprise space. A lot of pitfalls along the way. Let's get into a reality check here. We're going to start this segment with Padman Raman Kuti, CEO at Intrigo and Optesa. Padman, let me repeat the note you sent me, and let's kick it off. Mapping the process, the supporters, and nurturing the relationships is a must. Because here's the caveat: you might need help in unclogging. I never heard that one before. Unclogging the deal, especially when you least expect it. Talk to me about when a deal goes south, even if the paper hasn't been signed or it has been after the fact. What do you mean by all of this, Padman?
5: So, in the in the enterprise world, because you have so many actors in the process of buying a software or a solution or a project. What happens is, um, let's say we go in and sell it to the largest uh, auto manufacturer in the world, somewhere in the bureaucracy, somewhere in their uh, model, somebody who has never seen you may have to approve the deal Uh, and you have no relationship and it's a Saturday and it's the end of the quarter and you get a call from your sales guy, I don't think I can pull this deal in because so-and-so raised an objection. It happens all the time, whether you're a largest enterprise software company or the smallest enterprise software company or solution provider. And what you need to do in this model is, once you have mapped who the influencers are, you should be able to call on your influencers to unclog the deal, unclog or give the confidence to the ultimate buyer, the ultimate executive who signs on the dotted line and cuts that purchase order. and. To get that, you map not just the internal relationships and the internal influence points, but who will they call in your customer base? Who will they call about the veracity of your claims? Mm -hmm. All of that has to be mapped out. So when you go to a company, you know, oh, we had the same conversation. Why don't you talk to so-and-so? Ask them about your experience, about their experience for you or talk to so and so for the executive to talk to his confidant. You should know who is he calling on. And sometimes that person may not be the direct report, sometimes that person may be down in the organization. So mapping in in enterprise software sales is absolutely must. Absolutely and that's why small startups like Optesa is having customers in the top fifty of the Fortune five hundred uh, the top ma- car manufacturers in both Japan and here uh, or at Intrigo with the top um, apparel footwear companies or the biggest uh, uh, semiconductor, fabulous semiconductor companies. So those, uh, the idea is to map to every level of detail what could go wrong. Sometimes it may not go wrong, but it's better to be prepared than not to be prepared because multiple pa- actors are the decision makers in your life at that point.
2: Padman, I'm hearing a word, a subtext word, discipline. Your salespeople aren't just mavericks. They're not just racing to the finish line. They're not just going in and woo-wooing the customer. They have to have a plan and a map, as you say, know the players and be prepared for any contingency. I want Chris Carter to join in on this and Luisa Silva as well. Uh, Chris, is this your experience in a proyo that, that you have to be able to unclog a deal or that? I know you only sleep four hours a day. I'm hoping you get a little more on the weekends, Chris. But have you ever gotten one of those Saturday Saturday calls. You know, it looked good yesterday, but not so good today. What do you do, Chris?
3: Yes, it, it, I think it happens to every every CEO, every executive, at least once in their career, if not more. And you need to know those individuals in the organization. If there's not someone in there that will vouch for who you are, what you do, why your company's there, why the solution is there, why the service is there. You have failed as an account executive. You have failed as an organization to make sure that you have aligned yourself with that organization and with the right people so they can instantly go and say, this is the reason why we have chosen this organization and what they bring for us and how they're going to assist us in our future and the direction that we've chosen for our future. If you don't have those people aligned inside that organization with your team, you've failed so that we try to make those comments and so we don't have to unclog a deal. But it's always good as well to if you're gonna fail, fail fast. Don't sit there. Yes, it, tires for Exactly.
2: Months. That was somebody else's talking point. Chris, I have oh. to ask you: How do you prepare your people for this? And and do you need seasoned salespeople? You may be a startup, but who do you look for when you hire and align salespeople to your core team? I know you're a serial entrepreneur. And I know Padman as well, and I know Louisa has deep experience with startups through her work at SAP and elsewhere. But I, how do you pick? Do you, do you pick? Uh, let's be honest. Do you pick based on on gender? Do you uh, profiling gender? Do you pick on generation? Their age? Uh, would you go for a millennial who has all that energy and bounce and optimism? Would you go for a seasoned salesperson, maybe in their forties, fifties, or higher? Who is the one who's going to get this done on a reliable basis and get it from the get-go, Chris?
3: Personally, I look for pretty uh, radio hosts named Bonnie
2: first.
3: (laughs) And if she says no,
2: then. (laughs) Oh, that'll get you (laughs) anywhere.
5: Coming into intrigue.
2: (laughs) I've never been hired off the show. <laughs> Chris you completely threw me off on that one i have no, no idea what to say thank you thank you i appreciate it very much but see, all right no i won't seriously. say but seriously but in addition to me uh wh- whom, whom would you hire how do you have a you must have a plan for bringing in your salespeople it sounds yeah. to me Chris you obviously know what you're doing what's the profile does it matter gender age ethnicity religious background uh height weight color of hair what are you looking for if you put together a sales team how many people would be on that team and is each one a standalone or would they have to be a core sales team that shares a lot of information how do you approach it
3: well we do want our sales team to share a lot of information we want them to um, we are one company we are not 15 16 17 different individuals that are going off on their own being lone rangers we want the team to benefit the team we also though are looking for individuals who are motivated. Uh, if you've got 20 years of experience or if you've got two years of experience, we look at the passion. We look at the drive. We look at what you've accomplished. What is your record, Tell me. Um Where have you been? Um, you know, you look at these folks that are with some of the, the big four. Um, that's great. But you don't see the passion in their eyes. They're just there um, basically signing contracts at the end of the day and passing them off to procurement. Those aren't the people that we're looking for. We want passion. We want the directness. We want them to be able to say, hey, boss, I need to get on a plane today because I've got this deal in this city, and I want to be able to get there and be the first one on the ground because I'm the first one that's got information on it. That's what I want. I what Passion
2: passion patience persistence and perspective i just came up yeah. with those words luisa <laughs> talk to me do you agree disagree from your experience what do you find what we've been talking about with chris and with padman in terms of the core selling team for any startup what what in your experience have you witnessed have you seen luisa
5: I think bon- Louisa's
2: is on, on you. Padman, jump in here, please.
5: Bonnie, this is yes. uh, Padman. I um, have a, a perfect uh, thing. Basically, I have, in in our process, we look for that passion. But important to sell is human is a book by Daniel Pink that I use to vet people, because everybody at some level is persuading somebody to move some to a path that they espouse, right? whether it is in sales, whether it is in marketing, whether it is in product design. So for me, a sales team is a complete team. There is a set of content people who assist the salesperson who goes through a process. The salesperson actually needs to be a good listener, number one thing. If the person is not listening and is only worried about a quota, they are not going to do my job. So they have to have passion. Again, going back to Daniel Pink's thing, what drives people? They want control. They want to be known as a master of something, and they have to have a purpose in life. It's the MAP principle that uh, Pink is, uh, talks about. So we try to get guys and gals who can adhere to that. Age is not irrelevant. Uh The ability to listen, the ability to absorb the complexity of the sale because all enterprise is a complex sale. So the ability to absorb that complexity and the ability to manage and ask for help, that allows us to build a fantastic team. Sometimes everybody, I may work under a sales guy's guidance because I'm the content expert to that salesperson. Sometimes somebody else does. So the roles change in a startup, but the roles have to be governed or a quarterbacked by a salesperson during the cycle, along with the rest of the team and i I think Chris is right. He talks about the whole company is involved so they, We need to be very open about the kind of people we need, um, and we need to tell that within our company. Sometimes we may find a consultant or a service mm-hmm. person, maybe the best salesperson you have in the in the ground.
2: Padman, quickly, how big was your core team when you started hit the ground running with Intrigo and with OpTessa? And then, Chris, I'm going to ask you. Padman?
5: So when we started Intrigo, I had the orders from the customer for supply chain planning. I had no people. I picked up the phone, and we went up to 20 people within a matter of months, and then to 120 people over the last three years. In OpTessa, it was about four people who started the company, I came in later, where we grew that company to a highly development-oriented company to about 20 people. It went up to 50, then we kind of rethought the strategy to go to market, so it's down to a development type of a company with very focused uh, customer base. So that's
2: Thank that's the you, Chris. Aproyo, what kind of a size of startup team did you have?
3: Started with one, uh, mm-hmm. me.
2: Well, of and course, we're, we're talking to him, right? And what would you go uh, to? Eighty-six currently,
3: and hiring. So please how many your resume. How
2: many years? <laughs> well, how uh, many years?
3: We are currently in our third and a half year.
2: Really? And, and last week on the Startup, Why the Startup Now show, I read a statistics that from, I think, statisticsbrain.com, I have to look through my notes, I found it the day of the show online, and it said something like, most startups are gone within four years after launch. I think they said only 37% still survive after four years. And one of my guests even challenged that and said the number was much lower. Louisa, we're almost at break. Are you back with us? I think you put yourself on mute. Louisa Silver, are you here? We're still not getting Louisa. We'll try to get her during the break. Guess what? We're going to take our break. When we come back, okay, Chris Carter, Padman Raman Kuti and Louisa Silva, wherever you are in Dublin, Ireland, in the Starry Starry Night, I hope you're feeling better. I'm going to ask you all to polish off the crystal ball during our next break, which is coming up right now. And when we come back, I'd like you to tell me five years from today, if we rejoined, we reconvened here on Startup Focus Radio, and we had the topic of what's it like to sell to the enterprise would the conversation change? Would we even be asking the question? I'm Bonnie De Graham. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. We'll be right back. Joel out.
1: it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like big data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line, if you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers.
2: We are, we have just a quick segment left. I think five minutes left. It's time for me to ask my three esteemed and very open and candid guests. Very pleased with how much you're sharing the truth here about dreaming big when you want to enter your startup, your entrepreneurial dream big into the playground we call the enterprise marketplace, the enterprise space. So let's start with Chris Carter from Aproyo. Look into that crystal ball, Chris. I don't know, is it in the garage or the playground or the backyard, wherever it is? And tell me, if we had this conversation five years from today, what do you think your advice to startups would be about selling to the enterprise? I'll give you one minute, Chris.
3: It would be the same as it is today. Uh, Don't give up the dream of getting in there. Make sure that you... Find the right players. Make sure you cultivate uh, where you want to go, what you want to do, how you want to do it, and how you're going to position your dream and your position with them and get their soul to to work with you and your organization and with your team and to entrust your team um, as a part of it.
2: Thank you, Chris. And I have one quick bonus question for you, a real 30-second bonus question. You say sure. if you don't seize your dreams, your goals, your desires, somebody else will. I'm, I'm thinking NDA. I'm thinking about when you have that dream and you're putting the company together. How hush-hush close to the vest do you keep that dream so that nobody else gets it and runs off with it? What, what quick advice to startups? When do you not talk about it, Chris?
3: Uh, I was very close to the vest, and I only mm-hmm. contacted three very close advisors and mm-hmm. had conversations with them within the course of those multiple months. Uh, I tend to be very closed-mouthed close and close to the vest on that. Uh, others may be a little bit more open, but I would recommend being a little bit closer to the vest with your dreams.
2: Thank you. Very appreciative. Very appreciative. Padman Raman Kuti from Intrigo and Optesa, Five years from today, what would your advice to startups wanting to sell big to the enterprise be, Padman?
5: Ah, Bonnie, this is an interesting question. Sometimes in enterprise, things change so slowly that we we should call it turtle industry because evolution takes <laughs> very long time in the enterprise world, unlike the iPhone and iPad world of today. Right, so. My advice is there will be two or three types of buyers in the enterprise in the future. Some who buy commodity stuff, even in software, and if you're targeting to them, then the way you reach them and the way you convince them is going to be slightly different. The rest of the industry, rest of the enterprise, which is buying the core mission-critical stuff, will remain the same. Only thing is now you'll have more competitors more technology choices, and you have to convince why your technology and your way of solving that problem is the most important thing. And I think um, the buyers will be more educated in the sense they have to they have to keep up with it. so much technology changes that they will have preferences over technology, they will have preferences over how to solve the problem. So a lot of the millennial type of buyers we'll start to see will start pushing back on some of those technology choices we would have made in the startups. So that's that's the crystal ball thing that I would think about.
2: Thank you so much. And Louisa I'm hoping you're with us. Can you hear me, Louisa?
4: Yes, I can, Bonnie.
2: Good. Give me one minute for your wrap up. Well, I'm so glad you I know we had a problem with the line. Not your fault at all. And we love you, Louisa. Thank you so much, sore throat and all, <laughs> for calling in from Dublin. I give you one minute exactly what's your advice for startups wanting to sell big to the enterprise? Louisa Silva.
4: In ten in ten years from now, I think that um, startups that we want to continue to sell to the enterprise space in 10 years from now, continue to focus on information, uh, driving change, and um, don't uh, forget to continue to dream big. Um, Dreaming big is the, the drive for the evolution and to the transformation of reality as we know it today. So in 10 years from now, I hope that the startups of today will have changed the business reality in all markets, not just the enterprise space. In all markets, to be a very different, um, to be a very different reality. And I do hope that startups that will come come on on in ten years from now will keep that the dream going
2: wonderful. Thank you, Louisa. It's worth waiting for you to come back to us. And again, sorry for the bad line, but we're so happy you joined us. I I heard something about uh, turtle industry from Padman, and I heard from Louisa about uh, dreaming as part of the evolutionary process. I love it. Great words of wisdom from all three of my special guests today. I want to do a shout-out to Chris Carter, Padman, Ramankuti, and Louisa Silva. But guess what? I have my own predictions. Ha! And I wrote them down. Next Thursday here on Startup Focus with Game Changers, Thursday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, where I Here in New York, we're going to talk about, wow, live from TechEd, startups pounding the pavement. I'm sure, Chris... Louisa and Padman know what that's all about. Making the rounds, talking to people, meeting and greeting, business cards. Wow. We're going to have, yeah, a great panel on the ground at TechEd talking to us on a panel discussion. Next Tuesday, HR trends with Game Changers also applies to startups. We're going to be talking about HR business models, the globalization of HR here on the Business Channel, Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern. And Wednesday, my flagship show, Coffee Break with Game Changers, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern, October 23rd. Oh, good topic. Eye on Compliance, Anti Bribery, Anti Corruption, Part Two, bringing back a show we did on our Financial Excellence radio series on May 21st. Again, thank you to Chris Carter. Cadman Raman Luisa Silva, and a shout-out to Michelle Hickey, listening on the DL. I know what you're doing, Michelle. Very busy lady, and thanks for honchoing this. Robert and I finally figured out how to pronounce your last name. You're on the show next <laughs> week from TechEd. Robert, so happy. Malcolm Kimberlin, my trusted, uh, he says we're connected at the brain, and we are. My co-producer and Joel and the Business Channel team, I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game-changer today. Talk to you next Tuesday on HR Trends with Game Changers. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. And please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.